Turn Up The Talk podcast, tackling mental health together. Hey everyone, and welcome to Turn Up The Talk, episode one, brought to you by the Clavelli Hotel, recorded here in the Radio Hub studios, Alexandria, Sydney. I'm Pat Clifton, we're joined by Lockie Drew Morris and Luca Moretti. How are we going today, boys? Yeah, stoked, Paddy. Yeah, I'm great. How good is it to be? Episode one. Finally made it, eh? Yeah, it's unreal. So, what did you get up to on the weekend? Checked into the uh, Clovelly Hotel for a, for a simple Sunday. Yeah, uh, I did see you there, actually. I did see you there. Lockie, I didn't see you. I was at work. Yeah, one of us, one of the three of us has to work, so. What do you reckon, Pat, you're buying it? Ah, oh, cool girlfriend, eh? Yeah, I call Mrs. <laughs> but all jokes aside, this is a mental health podcast, and the content discussed may be triggering for some people. So, if you're not feeling up to it today, that's fine. Hit pause, come back another day. We're not going anywhere. Today, we're joined by a very special guest who is no short of inspiring. She has very close connections into the Are You OK Day Foundation, and we'd like to thank her very much for coming here. Marianne Larkin, thanks for coming, and how are you going? I'm well, thank you. Thank you, Pat. What have you been up to, Marianne? Well, today's been good, actually. I've been up to a lot. I, what did I do? I went for a paddleboard first thing this morning. Where did anyone see the sunrise? It was incredible. No, I was, I was snoozing away. <laughs> but the sunset was unreal last night, actually. Yeah, sunrise was spectacular. Where'd you go down? Um, Coogee, just oh, at yeah. Beach. Yeah, it was beautiful. What, was no shories there today? No shories, <laughs> no shories. Totally safe for a, a rookie like me. <laughs> Good day for it as well. Oh, it was it's beautiful. Shining outside. Has anyone ever tried paddleboarding? I did it once in Hawaii. Yeah, oh, yeah, Hawaii's so. a good place to do it. Yeah, it didn't help me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wiped out a couple of tourists. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried the waves yet. That's what I'd like to try, paddleboarding the waves. Oh, that's an expert level. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to that stage. <laughs> but there's something about being on the water between, for this morning anyway, between the sunrise and the beach... And you're sort of looking back at the shoreline, but you're also looking out to the horizon. You, it feels pretty cool. Yeah. Might have to get up to it. Yeah. Paddleboarding. It's a good so, idea. Marianne, you obviously have very close ties to the RUAK Foundation. I was watching myself and the boys, the documentary we were talking about on Australian Story about you and your family, and it said 80% of Australians actually know about RUAK. But I don't think all of them would really know about the background as such. So give us a bit of an insight into the background and where it kind of started, the Are You OK Foundation. Yeah, sure. It's funny you say that about uh, a lot of Australians not knowing the background because from time to time I have someone reach out that's seen the, the documentary somewhere down the track, come across it and not really known the backstory. But because Are You OK is so big now, it has its own legs, so to speak, it is nice to sort of revisit, for me anyway, how Gavin got that off the ground and through a really difficult time. He did an amazing job of that. Uh, so the story really dates back to when we were first married. We were married in 94. Within that year or a year later, Gavin's father took his own life. His name was Barry Larkin. He was bigger than life himself, actually. He was a great coach and mentor someone Gavin and his two brothers really looked up to and he slowly shrank away. Unbeknownst to the three boys, he was suffering a a real depression and he did take his own life and that really shook Gavin. It shook his brothers. 
it even shook our marriage. I wondered if we, our marriage would ever recover because Gavin was so broken by that. Especially when a parent takes their own life, I suppose there's a lot of questions around that and there were for Gavin and his two brothers, Anthony and, and Dan. So fast forward some years later, Gav did a, a course and I actually did this course as well separately but it was a sort of... Um, it was a professional, sort of a life coach type course and Gav discovered some things about himself. He also discovered that he wanted to do something that helped other people that had gone through uh, suicide of somebody close to them in their life. So that's where the concept of Are You OK? started. The very, very genesis of that was... He did not want anyone else to feel the way he did when his father took his life. He didn't want anyone anyone to feel any of that pain and suffering that he had and a lot of people had. The knock-on effect was so huge. So that's how he thought, okay, we're going to start looking after each other here. Mm. Nobody should be suffering that badly that they can't reach out or somebody didn't recognise the signs. So that's the very start of Are You Okay? If you can think back to that time where Gavin's dad did take his life, what was the stigma around mental health and suicide back then? Well, it was one of those things that wasn't talked about. It wasn't talked about. And especially for Barry, I wonder if something like, if Are You OK was around then, would he himself have reached out Mm. and not got to that point instead of just pulling away like he did? So, yeah, around that time, it was, yeah, one of those things that was swept under the carpet, definitely. So, obviously, we know your story, and you've just alluded to a bit of the family background. Could you tell us about what you've been through personally, and how you've dealt with that and the people around you? So, with Are You OK? starting several years later, after Barry... Are You OK? itself, the idea came several years later, but it was born out of the pain that Gav suffered at that time of Barry's passing. So he decided that he wanted to do something more formal and it may have been a documentary. There was a few ideas he was playing around with, but the idea for just a day of looking out for somebody or a few people in your life and actually being a little bit uh, aware of those around you, whether they're close family members, friends, colleagues, just to be aware of other people might have got the ball rolling. And that's how he came up with the day. He had another great person, Yanina, working with him on that and several other key people that liked the idea and what he was getting at. So he had a lot of support, even through work. So the the idea got going and Gav, being typical Gav, he was always like this. He lived his <laughs> life like this. He was like a dog with a bone. So once he had the idea, you there was... It. Yeah, stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So that was in 2009 and we had the first Are You OK? day in our home. A few of these key people I was mentioning, Nina... Mike Conahan still on the board, Graham Cowan and several other people were in the room with us there along with some friends and family. That was the kickstart, 2009. In 2010, Gavin got sick, diagnosed in February, so only a few months later. 
diagnosed with um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Only five weeks later, our eldest son, Gus, who was nearly 12 at the time, was diagnosed with a brain tumour and a really bad brain tumour. So things were really, really tough for us all of a sudden. Our life just flipped completely. But when it came to RUAK Day, Gav was not going to give up on that. Mm. And he kept that going all through his treatments. I remember wrestling the iPad from him in hospital <laughs> sometimes going, please, you know, just sit, be with us, whatever. But no, he kept at it and at it. And he was well enough through the following 18 months as well to be able to do it and he really wanted he knew it was important and that's what I loved about him getting believing in something and being so passionate about it and not for himself this is for other people right he doesn't want anyone else to suffer like he did and others that are, are suffering from mental health issues and depression So it was really important for him to get that going. All the while, which I just, I can't believe he, we were a family of five. We had, he was very sick, got very sick, as did Gus. And he still managed to to keep it, get it going. So um, those 18 months of Gavin's treatment, Gus was also having treatment. He had a major surgery that very first year in 2010 where we were told the tumour was never going to be fully removed and there was a chance that there could be some damage in the surgery. Luckily there wasn't any major damage. Luckily that surgery gave us a bit more time with Gus. In 2011, 18 months after Gavin's diagnosis, he died from the lymphoma and left me with the three children obviously and Gus who he knew was very sick so you can imagine the kind of time on what I was feeling what we're all Mm. feeling Mm. and that's when the support team kicked in they had kicked in anyway obviously not many families go through something as big as that with two very sick people so Gavin's work on Are You Okay in a way was already in action you know there was no way that Gavin's family, wife, were going to be left out and left behind and not well supported. He'd already sort of got the ball rolling with Are You OK? And we had incredible support from friends, especially me on my own then, and not knowing how things would would go with Gus. He wasn't too unwell at the time that Gavin died, but I knew that there was going to be a time when it wouldn't wouldn't be so easy. And Gavin... uh, Sorry, Gus... He got sick again 2012 and passed away in October 2013. And in actual fact, his anniversary was yesterday, six years yesterday. And once again, I had incredible support. I had the most beautiful day. I was picked up by my girlfriends and taken for a run and a swim in the ocean and a bit of breakfast and hugs and all of that love that I needed. And then some peaceful time to myself with Gus for the rest of the day and with the with Josie and Van, my other two, in the afternoon. It was really beautiful. But, you know, I survived those days because of what I have in place around me. Incredible, yeah. incredible support and love. Like you said, not many families do go through that and that's such an inspiring story, it really is. Thanks for sharing that. I know it's quite personal, but I really think that could be a real positive message 
So thanks very much. And just on that, you supported, sorry, you mentioned support networks in maintaining your healthy lifestyle and mindset, obviously during that period. How important are support networks? Incredibly important. And the RUOK research will be testament to that as well because we know that feeling like you belong to something or you're part of a community is one of the key key pieces to, to keeping your mental health and well-being at, at its best. And I was very busy for those two and a half years, call it, uh, where I was looking after Gavin and Gus and, and the kids at home. So I was very much home-based. But when Gus died, there's a... And I'm laughing because these girls are so gorgeous. There's a running group in my area called the Coogee Cougars. And <laughs> uh, and a bunch of Gus's mates' mums are also in the group. So everyone around me knew what was happening. There was always food coming. There was always love and, you know, f- deliveries of all, all kinds. But after Gav and Gus died, straight away I had the purple running singlet left on my doorstep, which meant, you know, I had to step up and... And, and get out and have a run with these girls. I'd never run in my life, ever, <laughs> ever. And so I, I, I turn up at my Dunlop volleys just about. <laughs> and very slowly I, I became – I actually don't even call it a runner. I call it a shuffler. I'm still a shuffler. I'm not a marathon runner and I never will be. But the fact that I got out the door and swept up and felt safe and felt loved and felt part of something has been a huge part of my um, well-being now. I could honestly say that I feel safe, I feel loved, I feel so well supported and I feel healthy because I do get to have a shuffle. I, (laughs) I do jump in the ocean, you know, most days and I really believe that that's a healthy well-being and like I say the most important part of all of that even though the exercise is super duper important it's the feeling of belonging and feeling part of something yeah obviously we went to school with Gus and we got to see firsthand his attitude towards his health and the attitude of well I'm not going to sit here and think why me it's going to be why not me Mm. and that gave such a positive outlook for everyone around him and no doubt he got that from Gav. Did that make it easier for you in a way? Because they sort of not accepted it, but they yeah. just wanted to move on. He was happy his kid, wasn't he? He was oh, a smile yeah. on his face. Oh, I know. Without a doubt. Like yeah. he was such a, he's such a role model, especially at Waverley. Like yeah. everyone knew him. He knew everyone. You know, he was friends with everyone. I know. And he yeah. always managed to put a smile on your face. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. I love that you guys knew him like that because anyone that knew Gus spoke of him exactly as you are Mm. there was something about him and I think you know that his illness enhanced all of that and I talk about the legacy that Gavin left behind with are you okay Gus left his own legacy he taught us a huge lesson and acceptance was the biggest part of that and he definitely did have acceptance around his illness and it was as you say Lockie not a case of you know why me why not me and I guess as a family we we all kind of took on that um, persona yeah, yeah that mentality because 
And, and I do that and I think that's why I've coped as well also is that you realise that there's not a lot that you have control over and that's a prime example to very special people getting so sick. Um, and once you realise that there's very little control, then you live a much more open, accepting life. And I don't mean accepting that you let things slide that that don't need to be dealt with. Yeah. I just mean the big things that come your way that you 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 don't have a lot of control over. And and Gus was the the first example of that. He lived life to the fullest, and the ripple effect that he had on people, like you guys were saying, he you know had a laugh. He was constantly the funny guy. Everything was always great, you know. When he was sick and not going to school every day or he was going to a recess, I'd pick him up. All he'd want to do is go for the drive to Watson's Bay, <laughs> look at the coast. And he was happy with the most mm. simple, simple things, living life. I used to say he lived life, he lived life with his eyes open. Yeah, he and did. he really did, yeah. Mm. Taught us all something. And you spoke about legacy there, both with Gavin and Gus have both left a legacy and you, you touched on Are You OK again. I was driving to uni the other day out west and it was on Are You OK Day and I saw about 50 to 100 primary school kids holding up Are You OK signs and jumping around. Yeah. And obviously growing up at Waverley, Are You OK is really close in our hearts. But to see it as big as that, you know, in a place out west, kids jumping around with all Are You OK signs, like you must think, yeah, he would, he would be proud, wouldn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, that, that, they're wow moments that I have all the time and Josie and Van have as well. It's incredible how big it is and it's incredible that Gav had the foresight to see that it was that important. And it obviously was because it's been taken on in such a huge way. It's so simple. And, um, yeah, it, it makes me very proud and Gav would be extremely proud of where it's got to. Mm. You spoke about those tough situations before and Gav came up with the concept of a conversation can change a life. What advice do you give to people listening about maybe how to have that conversation, how people had that conversation with you when you were having your tough times? I mean, what helped get you through it and what made such a daunting topic approachable? I think the first thing that comes to mind is just being real and being aware and real and not afraid. And that's something that we had to deal with as a family even when it came to having really hard conversations with doctors and do we have the three kids there at those times, don't we? We did that, we had the kids with us and we explained everything to them every step of the way so that they were never going to be afraid of how things may look and how things may turn out. And so in a similar way, I guess, we we can't be afraid with those around us or those that we might may be a little worried about. And the Are You OK site, for instance, has, you know, guided steps and they've gotten better and better with that. And so, yeah, the main thing is to, and I've said this to other people too that have said to me, oh, you know, I never want to say anything because I don't want to upset you. Or, But the opposite is true. I love to talk about Gus. I love mm. to talk about Gav. 
as did Josie and Van. It's when the elephant in the room um, takes over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not right. Say it, no matter what it is, speak of it, say it. And the same approach to people around you and their mental health. Have the conversation and, you, you know, it just has to be gentle and mostly you just have to have, you have to be ready to listen. Yeah, mm. definitely. And as you touched on, so it is on the Are You OK website and social media. Mm-hmm. You can find ways like that, such as if you're struggling to speak out or if you feel like yeah. one of your friends or someone you know needs to maybe have that conversation, ways to go about that and approach it if you're a bit unsure. So make sure you check that out, the Are You OK website and, of course, the social medias. And just, just going back, so if you don't mind me asking to, you know, you've obviously experienced a loss and it was such a big part of your life. When Are You OK wasn't there for you, how did you kind of cope with that? If you didn't say if you had an answer or not, is there, was there anything? Well, I think Are You OK's roots had already developed and Gav had already seen that it had got mm. off the ground. So that was fantastic. But we already had it around us and thankfully but people and human nature is incredible because everybody steps up yeah yeah incredibly Mm. and um so are you okay i guess is like a structure for that but people have it in them to just people want to help yeah and so for anyone that's suffering I think they should also be aware that there are people around them that really want to yeah. help. Mm. They mm. do. And it's such a powerful message, isn't it? Just as simple as, are you okay? It can go so far. Yes. Yeah. So simple. And yeah. that's why I think it's also been so successful because it is so simple. <clears throat> it's any anyone can, you don't need any money to ask, are you okay? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And we're, we're all doing a great job of looking after each other and stalling that in our everyday lives. And the other thing about that comes to mind talking about the people around us is that Gavin was, and that's what I love about Are You OK? It's almost an extension of who he was because he was that guy. Yeah. He wasn't like the, he was big and macho and successful and probably looked like that from the outside, but he was not afraid of a difficult conversation. Yeah. 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 And um, I think his mum would say the same now yeah. <laughs> sitting here she would say oh like, he was like the family connector okay gav you need to fix this with this brother sister blah blah <laughs> he, yeah he'd be the guy yeah and the same with the same with his mates all of his mates would would say the same thing about him to this day yeah. and that's what they yeah. loved about him and um just on that you talked about you know as a as a tough conversation the elephant in the room we asked about how how it's so easy to say are you okay but being on the other end of that, you having a problem you want to talk about it but don't feel comfortable, is there, is there anything around that that you can kind of touch on? Yeah, I think that that's a little bit harder, isn't it? Um, and I know Are You OK have the question spun around to the other side, so to speak, which is it's yeah. OK to yeah. say I'm not OK. Yeah. And I think that's definitely more prevalent. Yeah. You could probably ask a number of GPs and health counsellors, etc., and they probably say the same thing. There are definitely more people that are, you know, able to reach out and are asking for help. Mm, And mm. I think exactly what you guys are doing with Turn Up The Talk, we are promoting the fact that it is okay to talk. You can talk about anything. Yeah. And nothing should be too scary. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely the other side of the question that's getting bigger and bigger and taking yeah. hold, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So with it being such a prevalent issue in our society today, what do you think the vision is for Are You OK Foundation in the next few years? Well, if there's any indication in the last 10 years, it's gone from our family lounge room to, as you say, driving past universities and schools with, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's huge, huge. So it's obviously something the world needed and it's something easy for us to take on. I see, I mean, there's spot fires everywhere and I imagine that that will also be global at some point for sure. I had a friend that was in New Zealand this past Are You OK Day and she said that there was some Are You OK things happening over there and a friend's husband was in business in London and there was something happening there. So that's happening without the Are You OK Foundation input. So something, it it is going to be global for sure, is Mm. what I imagine. Mm. Well, Marianne, we'd like to thank you so much for coming on. Obviously, you're a role model within our community, growing up with Waverley, within eastern suburbs, but to share your story to hopefully a broader community and more people, it it really is going to make a big difference, I think. So to come on and be as brave as you were and open and speak about your experiences, we'd like to really say thanks, and it was a pleasure to have you. Oh, thanks, Pat. That's my pleasure, and I think you guys are doing a wonderful job. You're doing, you're, are you okay, advocates, just by doing this? <laughs> And a lot of people will benefit from that. So it's a great thing. Thank you. And I love that you know Gus so well. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. 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 And just before we wrap up, you've obviously been a part of Are You OK? What do you guys kind of have coming up? Well, we've just finished the September Are You OK? Day, obviously, just a month ago. There's always things going on. As I say, lots of spot fires and lots of things happening. I can't give you anything specific at the moment that I can think of, but yeah, yeah. it's an yeah. everyday it's an everyday and you can yeah. find those like i said Question. through the website and everything like that yes yeah, so at are you touch, okay yeah. on social media as well i follow the instagram page there's always yeah, there's always something every day what you guys posted i think the other day how to how to ask and how to approach it so it's yeah. not just are you okay it's exactly the meaning yeah. behind it and i think that you know that's so good as well that's right yeah and yeah. they have that little the alec which is the a for ask L for listen, E for encourage action, and C for check in. And they're the four basic pointers and easy to remember. Yeah, so that's great. And that's a great insight into how to deal with our mental health issues and how to approach people who are suffering in the community. Well, that's going to wrap us up for episode one. Make sure to stay tuned to our social media pages at Turn Up The Talk on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got a very special guest for episode two. Can't wait for you guys to listen to it. Thanks, guys.